party. And everything that has to go with it. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Tan, uh, the Groovy of All Misfits, your favorite loudmouth, uh, the ignoramus, the, the gnostic himself. Uh, and I'm back again for a bonus episode with my boy, Nathan. Say Hello. what's up, Nathan. Hi, everybody. Hey, uh, we're back, and uh, we just finished the uh, atheist slash communism slash heavy metal slash uh, handsome, uh, Nathan Super Handsome podcast. And now uh, we, we I, I forgot that, what did you major in? Astrophysics. Astrophysics, right? And a layman like me, that just sounds like straight up sci-fi. So I forgot that he did that. And uh, obviously, immediately, I'm like, well, are there fucking aliens? And I want to ask him about all these theories and shit that I figured he was just totally obsessed with. But he's not because he's fucking <laughs> smart and not an ignoramus like me. But uh, we are going to have a little riff sesh on aliens and, yeah. and life outside and of... And sci-fi. And sci-fi. Yeah, we'll, we'll have some fun there. Uh, and so just obviously, first, I want to know, do you believe in ghosts? Do you believe in Bigfoot? No. Do you believe in extra dimensional beings? I think that's what you just said is like gibberish. But I mean, okay, th that's worth talking about. Yeah. Okay, because we're, you know, the first question is, are there aliens, right? And the question is, or is there extraterrestrial life, say? And the question I have to ask is, life as we know it, question mark, right? right. Like, we, we mean life that needs oxygen and a, and a medium hot environment. Right. And, you know what I mean? And a, right. and a magnetic field and mm -hmm. stuff. Like, um, I, it seems like that's exceedingly rare, though not impossible. You know, right. the Drake equation, right? Yes. Like mathematically, it's it's a certainty that there are probably protozoa someplace in the I universe. I forgot about the Drake There equation, are Earth-like yes. planets. Mathematically speaking, there, there ought to be like tens of thousands. They of call it the planets. Goldilocks zone type planets that are everywhere. Right. And they're learning that every star has a planetary. Most stars have a planetary system. Right. And there's billions of fucking stars. Right. That means that there's billions of fucking planets. Right. That's the Drake equation. Just just by the sheer size of the universe, it is a mathematical certainty that there are, are a significant number of other Earth-like planets. And that we, could harbor right. a and, form and, of life. And, you know, if we believe that life arose, uh, that's the way that we do in abiogenesis, that, that, you know, lightning struck a puddle or some kind of thing happened and amino acids came together to form the first self-replicating protein. I realize I'm oversimplifying it. Biology people, please don't at me. But, mm, no one's going to listen that, to this that, that does biology. <laughs> that the correct conditions for life Life will inevitably lead to life and that life through evolution will continue you know it, it will evolve and it will reproduce yes. and it will spread and that and that not that we are like the intentional end result of evolution but that it is capable of producing sapient sentient life and therefore so yes like i think that is it I, I think it's a certainty that life exists in the universe as we know it. However, you asked about extra dimensional beings. The fact is that we don't know a lot more about the universe than we do know. Right. And so the four dimensional space time that we look out and see and experience as reality, I think it would be foolish to think that that's all that there is. Right. So, but that being the case, you know, an extra dimensional, a being who exists outside of our ability to comprehend, again, getting back to our last discussion, yeah. what's the difference between something that is so far removed from our experience that we can't even comprehend how it could possibly exist and something that's not there? Right. So, okay. like, do I think that, like, life or sentience or something exists in a in a realm that that like lives in a pocket of our ignorance about the way the universe works probably but mm. also who fucking cares right mm. if we're talking about like a nine-dimensional fucking string theory being right that that is totally fucking alien to us and will never be able to interact with us in any way like but that's the thing is is people think they're interacting with us people well a think lot that of people think through. a lot of things if you're a skinwalker ranch no you've never heard it see you're fucking just not 
out there like that, which I fucking figured. But like Skinwalker Ranch is this like ranch where apparently all sorts of crazy paranormal ghosts, ghouls, goblins. I met this girl fucking that literally was like, I believe it's this uh, interdimensional portal mm-hmm. in which Bigfoot comes in and out. Dude, this was you full You can come scent. see it for only thirty nine ninety five. Dude, well, and that's, that is what it is now, and there's, like, documentaries on it. Uh, Robert Bigelow is this guy that's all into, like, the woo-woo aliens, all of that. He's this, like, billionaire. And uh, she was like, she believed Bigfoot, because we really related on the whole Bigfoot thing. I have Sasquatch on my leg. I, you know, I'm, I'm kind of with it, Pacific Northwest. Sonics. And, yeah, exactly. And uh, she was like, I believe that Bigfoots are like the workers of these extra dimensional beings that come through this portal to do like the handiwork and like the heavy lifting for these people and then like go back and forth through the Skinwalker Ranch shit. And I was like, what? But also it was fun. It was a fun conversation, you know, whatever. But, uh, so I, but I could have imagined you're not going to like obviously buy into like all that shit, but I really like how you say alien life as we understand it, because I think that's like, we are so fucking close-minded in like what we know and what we experience because we think that our experience is the norm. Right. But like we could be the one-off, you know what I'm saying? And so there could be thriving like life, but it's just not gonna fucking want to have sex with each other how we do and like pay mortgages. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like they may actually want to like who knows? They may they may not be a they. It might right. be like some fucking other thing. Well, you know yeah, what I'm saying? I, just an example of that. Like there is no reason to think that sapient like life like we are uh, that works in in concert with each other and forms societies and makes farms and eventually you know builds buildings and is, is that's not an inevitable end result of evolution right, right. let's not forget that's that just one pathway the that dinosaurs ruled the earth for millions of years and didn't go away until they were hit by a meteorite right if, if the meteorite hadn't happened the dinosaurs would have stayed still and, be stopping and yeah. birds are not super smart right? right so and they're and reptiles which you know reptiles and birds uh, tend to not form societies right. right so if the dinosaurs had been allowed to just stay forever it could have delayed or maybe even made impossible uh you know life like it is a human conceit that we are the desired endpoint. It's a very theistic way of looking yes. at things that the universe was created in order to harbor humans, that we are the goal and the product of what we're doing here. And that is just not scientific. Right, so, right. so like life, yes. Uh, I, I think it's mathematically certain how our ability to interact with that, the distance problem, like this is, these are, I mean, they may, it may as well not exist if we can never interact with it. Mm-hmm, right. Mm-hmm. But like, you know, mathematically speaking. Yeah. But I, I think you you've strayed into a realm of like the the like what I when when you when somebody says what you just said I mm-hmm. think of what the bleep do we know a movie devoid of evidence or sense like a movie that is simply there to point at the uncertainty that every person carries the the ignorance that everyone has even even very knowledgeable people even scientists to just point at that ignorance and be like dude you know what i mean like a stoned guy staring at his hand like right. you, is, that is not the same thing as wisdom and is not the same thing as an alternative hypothesis and and simply pointing at uncertainty and and hinting at the numinous is fun uh but unproductive and unscientific and unlikely to produce anything of any real value yeah i'm starting to think like really like when i think about aliens and extraterrestrial life and i've done all like the fucking i've gone through all the avenues and all the wacky shit and all the beliefs and all the youtube videos and all the things whatever but like i'm starting to think that now when it comes to the universe it's so fucking old and it's been around for so long that if there was anything near like like us that they've already fred is fucking having did you hear that yeah he's fucking having a mean one dude he's having a nightmare uh that like 
everything's already happened. It was that, like I was telling about the great filter theory that mm-hmm. like, I think that all of these civilizations already, if there was, if there was in mathematically, they most likely probably could have, they've already come and gone. Like it's, we're looking for nothing. You know what I'm saying? I, that's, I mean, that's interesting to speculate about. I think the biggest issue is just how far away things are. The, right. the, the vastness of interstellar space, the, the amount of space between solar systems is it's big. fucking it's, insane. It's huge and it's getting bigger. And, right, it's and, ever and the, combine that with the what seems to be a hard and fast and impenetrable speed limit of the speed of light mm-hmm. on the universe. Uh, pair that with the time dilation of, of traveling that right. way. Without an absolute revolution in our ability to to move through space time, uh, it won't even matter. Right, right. Like if if We're like looking through a straw, it, like just. That's why every every sci-fi show that we ever watch, whether you know it's The Expanse or it's Interstellar or it's Star Trek begins predicated on some sort of device that that has solved the distance problem Mm -hmm. right that's a big fucking deal huge it's and you know it's the only deal well it's it's a big one it's the biggest one for sure and uh we don't even not only do we not have some kind of engine that is capable of of moving us faster than light or you know moving through a wormhole or whatever you know faster than light thing we're talking about we it appears to be absolutely impossible Right. right based on our understanding of the universe now of course scientific theories evolve um you know what what once was a neat little package of newtonian mechanics was overthrown by general relativity mm-hmm. science will you know again we're all crossing our fingers for a scientific revolution that just opens the universe up again and new so it's frontiers. been really stagnant right the last like what yeah. like 20 30 I mean, that's years a, that's a value judgment okay, I, I, yeah. I mean i think that a lot has happened with with respect to the internet and, you know. well, right right yeah yeah but uh, no I, I i wouldn't say stagnant i would say that i would say that we are just too low level uh, of of warriors and wizards to be approaching the mega end boss of the distance problem. There there are many well terrestrial put. there are many terrestrial uh, side quests for us to take care of first. There's a right. lot of things here on Earth to work, and I say that as someone passionately in love with outer space, with someone with a Star Trek com badge tattooed on my chest. Mm. I love sci-fi. I imagine myself in other worlds. I I love how sci-fi um, can show us the human experience through a non-human lens. I love sci-fi. Okay. That's why it hurts me so much to have to shoot down silliness about right, about right. outer space and about aliens and about and about the future, uh, you know, hopeful optimism about a, a utopia in space or fucking mining asteroids or, a, God forbid, private exploration of space by Amazon and Jeff Bezos. Mm-hmm. Like that, that's why it hurts me when 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 someone very hopefully talks about the future of space traveler living on the moon and I'm like tisk tisk like this is just we are just not close we we haven't even le- learned to live in peace with each other exactly yet. right and like when i think of that when people talk like my eyes gloss over when people talk about like oh like having like like life in space and, and or colonizing other planets and shit like that it is such a fucking daunting like unapproachable task that i don't think we will ever be capable of doing well i, I wouldn't go that far dude right? the space distance is problem fucking hard the bro. distance problem applies to interstellar space meaning space outside of the solar system yeah okay venus yeah. is not that far away okay but can we colonize venus in any meaningful way where we'd be able to thrive like we do here the unlike Unlike a fucking warp drive, yeah. a proof of concept, a, a reasonable idea of colonizing Venus is is proposed. And I could describe that to you. And I'll just say as an aside before I talk about colonizing Venus. Yeah. Colonizing Mars is horseshit. Don't do it. People always talk about Mars. I, I, that's Elon crazy, Musk is dude. wrong. Uh, Mars is not a good choice. Uh, Venus is a far better choice. And I'll tell you why. Please okay. do. Have you ever seen Ad Astra? Uh, no. 
Wow, and you like space movies? I do. You've never yeah. seen Ad Astra? I, I, you know, COVID's been weird, man. I'll, I'll, I'll check it out. You need to watch. It's my favorite space movie of all time. Oh, yeah? Better than Inter- Interstellar. Interstellar cool. Because it's like, yeah. with Ad Astra, it's Brad Pitt. I talk about it all the time. It's actually like, it, it makes, it, it could be real. Oh. It's, it's the not too far future type oh, thing. I, I get what you're saying. So you'd really like it. Yeah, man, it. I'll definitely check it out. So let's talk about colonizing planets, right? Mm-hmm. Or terraforming planets or whatever it is. We want to live on a different body in the universe. And, and <laughs> you know... The closest one is the moon. The moon sucks. It doesn't have a magnetic field. It doesn't have an atmosphere. There's nothing there. It's dust. Um, it's it's it, the best thing about the moon is that it's close. There's also right, a thing right. called the Lagrangian point, uh, which is a. I think I've heard of that before. Yeah, it's it's this. It's not exactly like halfway between the Earth and the moon, and actually there are theoretically infinite number of them. There's many Lagrangian points, but uh, the Lagrangian point is a moving point in space between the Earth and the moon uh, in their gravitational fields, which has a net uh, zero gravity between the two of them. So it's a something could be quote unquote stationary from the right. uh, reference frame of the earth and the moon. So the Lagrangian point between the earth and the moon and the moon could be important places they're, The most important thing about them is that they're not on the earth um, and that they're reasonably close. Um, okay. But now when we talk about colonizing or we talk about terraforming a planet, there are certain things we need, right? We need oxygen. We need a reasonable temperature. Uh, you know, we need, you know, we need an atmosphere that is pressurized. We need gravity so that our bones don't break down or, or at least simulated gravity in, in with spinning. Right. 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 Um, and that's another thing that I'm just like, this is tough we because like, to we're be fucking sissies. Dude. Right. Right. We need to be protected from radiation from the sun. That's a big deal. And so the of those issues with a planet or a space station or something we're building, the one you really can do the very least about is gravity. Yeah. Gravity is only a product of the mass of the two objects interacting with each right. other. And the Mars is awfully small. Mm-hmm. Venus is just a hair sh- smaller than the Earth. So of those things you can't change, like, oh, we need an atmosphere. Okay, you can wear a spacesuit. You can live in a pressurized house. Oh, you know, it's too hot. Well, you can get a fucking space heater, right? right. The, those have Literal are, space heater. Those are problems with a solution. There's nothing you can do to make gravity heavier on Mars. There's nothing at all we can do about that. So that's one problem that Venus does not have. Right. Venus is just a, a, a you know, sea hair smaller than the Earth. Really? Right? Yeah, uh, in mass. And so there's that. The other one is, and this is a big one, magnetic fields. The sun is a constantly exploding uh, thermonuclear bomb. Mm-hmm. It is mm-hmm. emitting an un- incalculable, you know, mind-bending amount of radiation that is absolutely lethal to human beings. And on Earth, we are shielded from that by the Earth's magnetic field because we have a liquid iron core that is in motion, which creates a magnetic field. This creates the auroras. Um, mm-hmm. That's that mm-hmm. is the Aurora solar wind. Borealis. Yeah, and aurora australis, by the mm-hmm. way, on the southern hemisphere. But yeah, the that magnetic, we would definitely be dead without the magnetic field, and the Earth would look more like Mars. The Magnetic field not only protects us from the radiation uh, coming from the sun, it protects the atmosphere from it. And the reason that Mars doesn't have much of an atmosphere at all is because it's been blown away by the sun because the atmosphere was not protected with a magnetic field. Venus has a magnetic field. Really? Yes. Okay. Now, the problem... So those are the good things about Venus, right? Bad things about Venus is that it has a an atmosphere of carbon dioxide that is hot as hell, hot enough to melt lead. It rains sulfuric acid. Right, yeah. And it's so hot that the sulfuric acid clouds, when they rain down as a liquid, the water boils back into clouds before it touches the ground. And that's why you see all, like, the fucking... And they're trying to... I, I think I, I watched a... or listened to a podcast about the, there's thinking there may be life in the atmosphere or in the upper atmosphere yeah maybe of i don't venus. know like uh, like a form of sure. life like. yeah maybe i don't know um that would be cool but yeah so the reason that venus uh those are the downsides it's yeah. extremely hot um it's the atmosphere is toxic um it's, 
very toxic. It's toxic. It um, needs fucking air. But hear me out. Um, we would not live on the surface of Venus. You can't do that. Uh, we haven't even been able to put a spacecraft to land on the surface of Venus that will survive the pressure right. uh, longer than like an hour or so. I sure. Think. So, but we can think of Venus as an ocean planet, and it really is an ocean of carbon dioxide, and live in a floating cloud cities, just like in in Star Wars. Right. <laughs> there, there is a point. Uh, where the pressure, you know, because the pressure is a gradient, right? As you get closer to the surface, it gets higher. Right, As you right, get right, further right. off the surface, it gets lower. And there's a point where it's one atmosphere, the same pressure of the Earth at sea level. Hmm. And approximately at the, at the elevation above Venus, where the pressure is one atmosphere, it's only about 140, 150 degrees Fahrenheit. Now, that's extremely fucking hot, yeah. but it will not kill you. Right, it's it's you know it's hot. With the as, right conditions, we could survive. Well, it's it, it's livable. Yeah. Like you you wouldn't want to hang out outdoors, but like it's not so hot that you know our fucking spacecraft would melt. Right, you know what I mean. Um, so, and and quite literally, a city blimps boats, basically yeah. the same thing. Zeppelins. Yeah, a a series of those with solar collectors on their on their tops. Uh, could be floating around. They would, you know, it would be like floating on an ocean. It literally is floating on an ocean. And most importantly, like I said, that atmosphere is made of carbon dioxide. Carbon dioxide has a dioxide in it, and that <laughs> that's oxygen for us. We just need to get it out. And conveniently, one way to get oxygen out of carbon dioxide is by growing plants, which is something we're going to have to do anyway. Right. So there, the it thing. is literally an ocean of carbon and oxygen just waiting to be unlocked by growing plants. What's the science of plants? I you uh, have or, botany. Yeah, there's always a botanist in like the movies, right? There's the guy that right. grows the shit. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And there's he's always there. Yeah, definitely. Well, he's, that, he's that would be simp. that would he's be an great. absolutely essential part of of any terraforming project, right. but or or any colonization project. But yeah, Venus has got the gravity. It's got the magnetic field. It's extremely hot, but it's not so hot that we'll die the moment we walk outside. And also, with only one atmosphere of pressure and a toxic atmosphere, you wouldn't need a spacesuit to go outside. You would only need like a respirator mask. Huh. So, so that's, I like Venus. Now this is still an absolutely silly, huge project. Doesn't that sound just silly though? With everything we have going on right now. Oh, it is. It's it's not practical. We We would all have to work together at once. And that would never happen. Don't say that. Oh, sorry. Sorry. God damn it. I like, I hope you're wrong. I fear you're right. Right, 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 right. Peace on earth will come and we'll work together. And it's like, just, uh, that's when I, that's when the realistic side of me comes in where I'm just like, man, that's, that would be so fun. Obviously I want that. That'd be so fucking cool. That would be everything. But then I just look at like, recognize that your pessimism is almost certainly a product of, of our life circumstance of COVID of late capitalism of the, of the slings and arrows of our lives. And, and yes, it is tempting to, to cave into that yawning chasm of nihilism and, Oh, it'll never happen. And Oh, it's, Oh my God. And it comes with like age, you know, the older you get, the more like pessimism is a great word because it's funny. I was playing with a, I was on a date and uh, I was playing this game I have, and it's like a really like woo woo, like emotional game. And one of them was like, what, what's one thing you want to let go of this year? And I said, my pessimistic view on Mm. life right now. Yeah. And I feel it just creeping in more and more. I think that, that. I think that because of lockdown and because of COVID and because of George Floyd and because of, uh, because of a lot of fucking things in our world, in our country, in our society, this, this empire crumbling and poverty and suffering. It's it. I think the, Everybody's child and everybody's at least a little depressed and everybody's been at least a little depressed for a year and a half. And I think that the reverberations of everybody on earth being sad will be felt for generations and not truly understood for a long time. So I I reject your pessimism and I, I want that when 
the worldwide communist revolution occurs and humanity is united under one purpose, we will colonize, colonize Venus. But because Venus we need to. is close. So, no, it's like, it's not that I think that, like, Star Trek, I feel, is, is hopeless because of the distance problem. Yeah. But getting all our eggs out of one basket and not being yeah, totally dependent on all of humanity living on this one fragile planet. Right. I think that's doable. And then um, I, God damn it. I think it's doable. You know what I like about when I think about that, like kind of the thought experiment or just like, just kind of like thinking about how that would go is I, I relate it to like, if we were to colonize somewhere else and like the first people we sent out there and it was successful and they like set up, I feel like it would be like a big thing, like how we left Great Britain or Britain and we came to the U S and mm -hmm. we were like, you know what? Fuck you guys. We're here now mm -hmm. and we're going to do our own thing. Oh yeah. I feel like that would happen. I hope but you know what I'm saying? Like they would go there and then they'd be like, you know what? We're kind of sick at this fucking like space thing and like fuck taxes or fuck what your, your terrestrial earth shit. We're on some Venus stuff now. Uh, yeah. Wouldn't that be wild? That would be really, really bad. And then in maybe like a thousand years now we're waging war against our once. You, you are discussing the plot of several different sci-fi series. It? The Expanse comes to mind. I haven't watched The Expanse. It's great. Is it on Netflix? It's on Amazon. Amazon. I don't support Bezos, dude. I'm sorry. Mm. Uh. <laughs> I'll try and watch it. I had Amazon Prime for a bit, but then I lost the login to it. Uh, and so another thing, I, I want to know what you think about this theory. When it comes to, say say aliens are real, right? Say that they're, they're contacting us, whatever, whatever. I heard a theory that the ships or the, the craft or whatever that's coming here are not actually like physically driven or flown or, or, or manned ships, that they're drones. Because like, the whole idea is like we have a drone on Mars right now, scooting around. We instead of sending people, we sent a drone, mm -hmm. and they're fucking flying around and scooting around. It's been really cool. I've kind of kept up on it. It's awesome, right? But like, it practically it makes sense that why send? Because space travel's fucking hard. It's taxing. It's like expends a lot of resources. Mm -hmm. It would make more sense if they're so fucking advanced right. that they could they can get here. Why send? You know, Tom and Larry, beep boop bop to like fly over here when we can just send a drone because they should have the technology and that's what's zipping around literally from their home base. I mean, that's, I really like that idea. I, I mean, it's reasonable. I, I would point out though that the distance problem applies to everything, every, right. every form of information, every way that that drone could be communicating would be limited by the speed of light, whether mm -hmm. it's radio waves or any other form of communication. Now, I mean, we're presuming we're uh, that these are intelligent aliens who have traveled in an interstellar they way would have to, to be right to come so, all the way here. Right. I guess we're, we're just going to start with, they've solved the distance problem. Right. Fine. Um, that being the case, I don't know. For me, like once you've solved the distance problem, the rest is details. So like whether they choose to, to not endanger their people, whether they're maybe they're like a long lived race with only 50 total members that each live 10,000 years mm -hmm. and only reproduce every so often. Like, you know that, I don't know. I, I don't know. What do I think of that theory? I think it sounds like uh, navel gazing and mm -hmm. like, I'm more interested in how they solve the distance problem. Like right, <laughs> if, whether right. they, whether they're sending astronauts or drones, they still got here. It's like how that, yeah, that, well, it's just, I mean, I don't know what, what problem is solved. What question is answered by them being drones versus manned spacecraft who gets so fucked. Right. You, true. Nothing. I mean, I don't, the, it's cause it's the same question. It's like how, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, oh, well, okay. Yeah, I guess. But yeah, whether you're sending a person, doesn't matter if they're whether in you're, or not, yeah, yeah, a person or a toothpick or through a wormhole, you, like you, you still fucking got here. Tell me how you how. got through that fucking tell wormhole. Me. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, what did you, what was your biggest takeaway when you, you got your degree and that whole experience? I didn't of like, graduate, man. I went to rehab. My oh, major was astrophysics. I, 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 I'm very careful to uh, never claim to have a bachelor's degree in physics. So uh, you'd say I have a ma I majored in it, but you're not like a 
It was my major. You're not an astrophysicist. I'm a, junior, I'm a junior and a half. Well, if I wanted to be an astrophysicist, I would need a PhD. Okay, that okay. Would, you know, but like, yeah. No, I, I don't. I'm so quick I bought it. I was like, yeah, dude, you're an astrophysicist. Like in my head, I was like, yeah, dude, he's an astrophysicist. Say it if you want, but yeah, no, I, I, no, I didn't graduate. I went to rehab. Um, in your experience doing that, just tell me about it. Tell you about it? Yeah, just like school and like just like the cool shit that you, you know, the, the, just your experience overall, just like in generality of just like how it was. Was it like, did it really stoke the child in you with of the, the sci-fi shit and it was just like, oh, this is so cool? Or did it kind of snuff that out and gave you a real practical look of like... Yeah, I um, it was definitely not romantic. In fact, like major... So to be an astrophysics major is a shorthand. It was a physics major with an astronomy minor is, is what that is at, at, the, at WSU. And um, mostly my physics classes were a lot of really difficult math um, and me trying to uh, struggle, like me for the first time being challenged in school at the same time as my drug addiction is really peaking. So not only, at, like I was able to skate by in high school, no problem. But once I'm in like honors physics as a sophomore in college, yes. like I'm getting D's on tests. It's getting kind of rough. At the same time as I'm uh, constantly drunk you know what I mean? Like I was drunk and high every single day trying to do the hardest math I'd ever done in my life. So was my, like <laughs> my fantasy was not, uh, in flames while I was doing this stuff. In fact, it was mostly suffering and mostly just desperately like trying to study and figure out things before tests and, and like abusing Adderall to get it done. So right, like, I right. wish I could tell you that it was, it was a beautiful experience, but like, I know, I mean, college was terrible for me, man. I was totally fucking loaded and suffering. And I, You'd have to ask somebody who who managed to make it through without right. needing to just like flunk out and go to rehab. But yeah, fair enough. I mean, like it was, it was still cool stuff, but it was all math mm. and it was all hard. Mm -hmm. And so it was uh, at least in the the lucent, uh, not lucent, but in the lucid moments uh, where I was like doing well, I made good friends. I love the the physics department at WSU. Um, you know, I, I made lifelong friends, and I and I really appreciated what happened there. But uh, mostly, it was. Uh, you know, every person in honors physics at WSU had been the smartest person in all their classes. Right. All their it's like life. high school or right. college football. It was very football. competitive. Yep. There was a lot of dick measuring, a lot mm -hmm. of chess being played, literally mm -hmm. chess being played to mm -hmm. see who was smarter, right? <laughs> um, so, like, uh, I think in a lot of ways, people go to, I, I think that I was, if I could do it all over again, I wouldn't go to college until I was like 28. Mm. I just, you know, like, I just. Sure. I was too immature to really form the kinds of bonds with people that I needed to. And I was too fucking loaded to really like, like learn and absorb and, and like embrace the drama and the majesty of like the space of space. And what I was learning, it was all about being the smartest guy in the room and being able to prove it. And that's sad, but true. But uh, yeah. you, you asked a question about science and I gave you a question about myself, but, but that's, that's why I asked the question. Yeah. Cause that was beautiful. Uh, what is your most favorite thing about space? What what is your allure like? What draw? What what was the like the the magnet that brought you into like that fascination? Uh, black holes. I mean, like when I when I was a little kid, my I got a book. Uh, my parents gave me a book, which I'm sure in retrospect like says a lot of really wrong stuff now because it was from the '90s. But right. like they got me this illustrated big hardcover book uh, with lots of big pictures about space and all the planets and all the various things. And so reading the dramatic. Uh, you know, explanations of what a black hole is and how it would destroy a person or absorb a star or spaghettification. Yeah. You know, so like my, my, my imagination was first fired by, you know, huge numbers with tons of commas and zeros in them and, uh, and, and like black holes and neutron stars and just these incredibly exotic, uh, you know, material bodies that, that sounded fake, but were very real. So, right. Yeah. Black hole is the short answer. Uh, black holes are fucking, it's crazy how like, 
we've we've studied not we me the, the scientists have studied and we still just there's like it's like we don't know shit you know what i'm saying oh, yeah we don't know shit like with like dark matter right and it's all of that like black holes the idea that maybe there's a universe being spit out at the the, the, the white hole yeah dude you know uh it's funny black holes are fairly well understood uh, by the standards of, uh, you know, by the, like you said, what the fuck do we know? We don't know shit really. Yeah. Like that's true. Um, among the things we know, black holes are actually pretty damn well understood because they're so simple. Mm. You know, unlike many physical objects, a black hole being a singularity actually makes its math quite and, and simple. The point of singularity is like the, the center, the, the center the of singular, it. Yeah. It's yeah. A black hole has, you know, has a finite mass, right? right? Some, some, you know, some number of suns, right? Mm. Some very large mass. Um, but a black hole is created um, when the force... So, okay. When a star is burning, there are two forces fighting with each other. One is the burning and exploding of the nuclear furnace is pushing things out, mm -hmm. right? And the other is the gravity pulling things back in. And those reach an equilibrium point, and that's the radius of a star, okay? Um, a black hole, um, there, there's a certain point where the, the mass is so great, the mass which determines the gravity pulling in, is so great that it completely overcomes hmm. uh, that, that force pushing it outward. And it overcomes even the bonds that, uh, the bonds that hold atoms together and the, and the uh, subatomic particles even, like all of them get pulled together and closer together because atoms are vastly mostly empty space, right? Hmm. Like I... I don't know how accurate this is exactly, but what I heard is like, if you take a stadium, like a football stadium, and you put a marble in the very center of the like dome of it, that's the nucleus of an atom. And then that first, like the outermost seats are like the first electron 1s orbital, huh. right? So even with, and even within the protons and neutrons themselves, they're mostly empty space. Like, wow. so, but in the case of a black hole, um, because of some math, the fact that, that the strength <laughs> of gravity is determined by one over the distance squared between the objects. That means if you bring them uh, half the distance together, the force is four times as much, Whoa, right? Okay. And so as they get closer together, the force goes up quadratically. And the result is that in a certain case, now it's not only is it getting smaller, the force that it is pulling in stronger is increasing as it does. Yep. So the singularity is the point where the mass resides, an infinitesimally small point, mm -hmm. because it is, mm -hmm. in a sense, constantly always getting smaller and being pulled closer and closer together and because more, more no powerful. force is able to resist it being pulled in. And that's, yeah, that's very exotic. And that's a, that's a, that's a fascinating thing to comprehend. But mathematically, that's far more simple than a it's big like, ball, a sphere of rock, right? right? right a right, sphere right. of rock is actually much harder mathematically. Really? Yeah. A single point is, is, you know, a single point with mass M like that's, that's just like there. Much easier, right? Yeah, if you're talking about a three-dimensional object and you want to talk about the, the gravitational force of the Earth, I mean, you remember that every single particle of mass in the universe has a gravitational attraction to every other particle of mass. And that includes crazy. one part of the Earth and the next part of the Earth. There is only one part of a black hole, yeah. the singularity. Right. And, and therefore, the math is much, much, much easier. Huh. In fact, so easy that you can even really do it, right? Like, like the... To, when we talk about even very simple physics problems, like you know, firing a bullet horizontally from a gun, how far before it hits the ground, right? That's all well and good theoret theoretically and on paper, and you can get a very accurate calculation. Sure. But then you always have to say something like, well, neglect air resistance, mm. right? But actually calculating how much force is applied by the air resistance to the surface of the bullet would require an encyclopedic perfect understanding of the surface shape of the bullet to like true precision right. in calculating any kind of macroscopic object, even something as small as a, as a bullet. Um, wow. is is 
not actually feasible, right? We we do estimations, like you know, good enough to like land guys on the moon. Like we can sure, do real accurate right. estimations, but there's still a margin of like right. Well, unknown. my point is just that, that that that's a very different sort of math than the kind of math we do on black holes or that we do on electrons. Yeah, because those things are so simple that their math is more or less perfect. Whoa. In a way that other math that we do in the real physical world is always imperfect. But that, Holy shit. But, but the fact that a black a hole trip. only has one makes mass, it very well, it, simple. Yeah, it has simple. a mass, it has a spin, and it has a location. That's it. And, you know, wow. a, a velocity relative to other reference frames. But that is makes the math easier, not harder. Why was it such a big deal to when the first picture of a black hole came out? Remember that? Well, did I, you see the documentary? On I it? did. It's uh, pretty cool. It's very cool. Uh, why was it such a big deal? Because it was so hard to take, and because. Um, but it was like, what's crazy is it's not like an, I feel like it's not an actual. It, it, when I watched the fucking documentary, I like half watched it. It seemed it was more. It wasn't a picture. It was a mathematic equation. It, well, you're right. That it, fucked me up, dude. Well, I was you, like, what? Well, I thought it was like a picture. A well, snapshot. remember that looking at a picture means having photons of a certain color, Zero like slash wavelength, hit you in the eyes in a way that makes sense to you, right? But if you're talking about God, an object so that that does not, that cannot radiate any photon, there is literally nothing to see. Right. So to take a picture is is to actually look at some sort of mathematical representation or of of a model that you've created to represent things going on around it right but, but you can't take a picture of an electron it's comparable in size to a photon sure right you can take but you can get a you know a scanning electron microscope and and get you a nice little model that gives oh, you something that makes shit. sense to you but remember the universe is under absolutely no obligation to make intuitive sense to you right, right? oh no, yeah or, no, or to sure. be visible at, at the scale that we look at or to be comprehensible right. um, in the in the time scales or the you know because we're finite we in our comprehension well, we're just we very just, limited yeah we we live we're in, confined a, me to in what a medium we have. sized world where things are moving not very fast oh, right and 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 our understanding of like i said like newtonian mechanics bullets fired from guns cars driving up hills right. that's pretty damn good right but when things get very big or very small like it's good for earth or very like fast what yeah the, what our intuitive understanding of the universe is insufficient fucking a uh what is your craziest well we can we can wrap this up what is the craziest just take put the tinfoil hat on get crazy what is like your craziest theory when it comes to like space or like if you have one of just like a really kind of like wackadoodly thing that's like your thing that like no ifs ands or buts i'm riding with it uh tanner i don't have that kind of thing i know you don't that's why i was like <laughs> I, 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 I was like fuck I, all right I'll, I'll tell you that it's it's not a true thing you're um, so optimistic though so i figured you'd have some one one little whack wacky little thing i i am optimistic but i also am passionate about what is true and and i will not substitute a comfortable illusion for right. the cold hard facts. I will look at the cold hard facts and try to be optimistic about them. Sure. I will, I will, you know, I will say, "Damn it, we're going to make it to Venus." What? How are you able to disconnect when you see sci-fi though, or is it like like you or like how do you how do you enjoy that? It's so crazy. That it's like just because you like it because it's just like a whole thing and you know that it's fake, I, but it's like put it's the production. It's I the am a little line. boy at heart who right. likes to see fucking laser guns and spaceships. That I mean, sci-fi mm -hmm. is beautiful in that way, but also like I mentioned earlier, sci-fi allows us to look at the human experience through a non-human lens. Mm. And that is, I think really valuable. Yeah. When a character like Spock or data from star Trek, mm -hmm. right? Someone who is, who is from the outside of humanity looking in, we, I think are able to better understand the human experience. I think it's yeah. essential and it's way more than just, you know, cowboys in space, the good guy with the white hat and the, 
bad guy with the black hat fighting mm-hmm. with laser swords, right? Like there's yeah. there's more to it than that, right? For sure. There's no but there's no harm in enjoying a little shocky fucking space cowboys. Like uh, I agree. Yeah, I agree. Uh, with like I fucking what was I gonna say? I had some stupid ass thought. Uh, no, like I love that, and I love that we had a podcast that was supposed to be about aliens, and we didn't really talk about aliens. <laughs> uh, I I think that it's like just to wrap it up on the whole aliens thing is that like I'm optimistic, and I think it would be really fucking cool. But I'm also like I'm a pessimist and I have a little bit of realistic view that it's like I don't think that it's really that important. You know what I'm saying? But I'd love for aliens to be real. It would be fucking cool. Yeah. And I, I miss the point of why they would even be a thing. Right. I You know, I think that there is an undercurrent with with aliens and with sci fi and with space colonization, which I really want to reject, uh, which is exactly what I think that Elon Musk and and Jeff Bezos are doing with their own little, you know, Penny Annie fucking space exploration yeah, missions. They're dick rocket measuring. What yeah. it is, it, well, there's that, but also it's escapism, mm. right? We we fantasize about either being liberated by a scientific breakthrough or aliens coming down or whatever, uh, or or you know, whole new worlds, a whole new whole new free real estate, a wild west to take real over, estate. so we can just excuse ourselves from the social inequalities and the ills and the evils of our current world, and we want to just move on some frontier where everything's different and everything's idyllic and we can just get away from all the problems of the earth. But I think that it's okay to embrace that. It's fine to fantasize about laser swords and shit in space. But I think that, that Jeff Bezos and Elon Musk are attempting to escape the earth in lieu of fixing it and in lieu and, and trying to just ignore the evils of humanity and the injustices of our society and these problems that seem seem unsolvable because they and they alone have enough money to just fuck off. And that is gross and bad. And that's I there is I unfortunately a real current of of that being the reason that people Im- embrace fantasy. That's yeah. we embrace fantasy to to hide from from the humdrum and right. the misery of our lives and it's fine for the individual but it's not fine for society and it's not fine as a guiding principle of what we're trying to do here. So even though I love space and even though my heart is all a flutter when I watch some good Mm sci-fi and I fantasize about that and I love it, there's a real world here now. Right. And, and there's no aliens here that we can tell. Right. And, um, you know, we've got to enjoy our fantasies and enjoy our, enjoy our, our recreation time and, and keep our head in the clouds in that way. But like, that's a, don't you don't use it as escapism. Right. Like this, this world is here now. Dude, you just tied like eerily that whole the the theory on the last podcast when we were talking about fuck those guys. I'm just gonna go over here, and but now we're out of space or mm-hmm. we're out of literal space, like yeah. on the planet. That like they're now kind of in a way saying fuck you guys. We need we're more gonna, free real estate. We're gonna go over here. As long as just, there's more free real estate, capitalism is okay. Yeah. As <laughs> as long as as long as the social inequalities and and the and the just absolute contradictions and disgusting filth of our society right. can be swept aside and everybody can just go start a farm somewhere else and say fuck you guys. Screw you guys. I'm going home. Right. As long as you can do that, then then the 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 contradictions and and the suffering of society can be staunched or ignored. Or, or, you know, delayed the solving of it. Doesn't that make you sad to think that being being a communist, being a socialist, like, like just having those beliefs that, like, capitalism could very well go into the fucking, like, universe. You know what I'm saying? It spread from the earth to, like, because if they are successful in doing what, like, like fuck those guys, we're going to go over here. Mm-hmm. It's all under the same fucking pulse or vibration that was started here. Mm-hmm. And it's not going to be any different. 
because those guys are fucking thriving in a capitalist capital. Uh, one question back on capitalism: Can I be an? Uh, is it even possibly an anti-capitalist in America? Yeah. How? Because I, I I participate in capitalism every day. There's no ethical consumption under capitalism, but you you purchasing things and you even you even you wanting to buy stocks is is like is is not a a betrayal of your fundamental ethics. There is no alternative unless you want to go the anarchist route and go hide in the woods from capitalism. Right. Like go go start yourself a commune. Who did that? The Unabomber wasn't that? Zapatistas. That's what I was referring to. But like, but you know that you don't need to feel bad for liking stuff. Right. This is that's a that's a lie told to us by the capitalists to keep us in chains. Sure. Right. Like, yes, please don't exploit your fellow man. Like, yeah, we should not aspire to be the next Jeff Bezos. That is a sick compunction. But like but it's okay to like nice things. Mm-hmm. It's okay to want a nice house. Right. Like it's okay to start a business for Christ's sake. Like mm-hmm. it's all right. We this is the system we live in and you don't need to go live in a dumpster in order to not be a poser. Okay, right, that's right. that yeah yeah okay, that's, I get that. that's that is that is the sort of criticism that the sort of just like low-hanging fruit and lazy criticism uh that only someone in bad faith could argue i do feel like a poser when i'm like because I, I just i i see the fucking pitfalls of the society we live in when it comes to pet capitalism and i i feel at times like oh well, i want to be anti-capitalist but then i feel like a fucking douchebag because it's like i participate in every day so like, can i really i'm not maybe even really anti-capitalist you are slipping just... back into american style individualism where it will say the solution to climate change is for you to get an electric car or <laughs> you know the solution to capitalism is for you to go start a communal farm that's not how it works that's not how any of this works remember that it is a materialist and a collectivist philosophy about yeah. the way that classes interact with each other right if you want to be a good anti-capitalist in america build solidarity serve the people mm-hmm. right go go find them where they are and serve the people and build mutual aid and help each other do that's the best we it. can do right now and you don't need to feel bad for having won the birth lottery you just need to decide what you're going to do with it right okay so. fair enough uh but yeah on the whole like bezos that was just a trip like I when you because you explained it so good in the last podcast and then when you started talking about them like leaving i was like oh my god they'll just like leave earth and then just now venus is going to be the new like parking lot for walmart you know what i'm saying i'm like oh god yeah. you know uh or walmart because they're never going to make it i don't think so either uh but never say never nathan no, jesus the, dude i rubbed off on you uh no word okay cool all right you guys uh this is great this has been fun uh just a little bonus episode fucking nathan i just i just really just wanted to soak you up a little bit longer so that's why i kept you here <laughs> thanks man uh it was fun. thanks so much for coming dude i love you to death uh love thanks for too. everyone that listens and supports all 12 of you and uh we'll we'll be talking to you soon peace bye